So it is customary on the uh, Shabbat of Parshat Bamidbar, when there's nothing else interfering, to read Haftarah from the second parak of Hosea. Now, Shabbat Parshat Bamidbar, which usually has as Haftarah the second parak of Hosea, it's a very special Shabbat because it always comes, Parshat Bamidbar always comes the week before Shavuot, and in fact, Shabbat Parashat Bamidbar is called, in, in the Sephardic tradition, is called Shabbat Kala. It's Shabbat of the marriage of Am Yisrael and God at Tahar Sinai. And so it's called Shabbat Kala, and there's special drashot that are given. And then uh, we move into Shavuot. And I think that it is not incidental that Chazal chose that for Shea Perek Bet be read as the Haftarah for Parashat Bamidbar for the week before Shavuot. Um, I'll discuss the Haftarah in detail. But before we get to the Haftarah of Hoshea uh, Perak Bet, I'd like to speak a little bit about uh, the, the passage in Chumash on which this Haftarah is based. And I think it comes as no surprise that the week before Shavuot, we would read a, pa- a Haftarah which is based on a passage in Chumash which details one of the mitzvot of Shavuot. Now, we are customary, we are accustomed to thinking of Shavuot as Chag Matan Torah, which it is. But in Torah, Chag Shavuot is a very different aspect. What is the clear, pre- clearly predominant aspect of Shavuot in Chumash? It is Yom Abikurim. And if you look carefully, we will see that there are close links between Parashat Abikurim, the parasha that most clearly details the mitzvah of Bikurim, which we find in Sefer, at the end of Sefer Barim, and the Haftarah of Hosea Perek Bet. So let's begin by looking at Parashat Bikurim, which is at the beginning of Parashat Kisavo, Dvarim Perak Havav. Um, if you have a Chumash, great. If not, you have a rough, you have just the letters without the Nikudot on the handout. The Parashat Bikurim in Dvarim is located at a very special place. Note that, that Bikurim is not included in many of the other parashot that detail agricultural mitzvot. For example, in Parashat Kedoshim, we have the mitzvah of Orla, we have the mitzvah of Shechra, Peya. Uh, Bikurim is nowhere to be found there. Bikurim occupies a place of its own in detail in Parashat Kitavo. Why is that? It is, it is even more distinct than that. Bikurim, in many ways, along with the related mitzvah of, of uh, Ma'asar Sheni, which comes right after it, Bikurim is located in a very special place in Sefer Dvarim. It is the last mitzvah before the Tochacha. Right Now, if you think about the laning for, la- for this past Shabbos, what mitzvah was the last mitzvah before the Tochacha? Shmita, Shmita Yovel, which is, certainly occupies a very central place in Vayikra. Mitzvah Shemitah and Yovel, and then there's, there's certain mitzvot that are related to Shemitah and Yovel afterwards. But Bahar begins with Shemitah and Yovel, and then we move to Bechukosai. Similarly, in Dvarim, we have Bikurim, we have Maisa Sheni, and then we move on to the Tachacha. So Bikurim, in certain sense, closes, say, for uh, Dvarim. It's the close of Dvarim, at least the close before we get to the Tachacha. Then everything after the Tachacha, Parashas Nitzavim, Vayelech, Azinu, Vazasabracha are in some ways additions to Dvarim. It's the sort of the concluding part. But the mitzvah section of Dvarim, the large mitzvah section of Dvarim, beginning in Re'eh, ending in Kisavo, has Bikurim as one of its conclusions. So why, is, why does Bikurim occupy that, that place? If we look at the Lashon of the Parsha, we see something very special about the mitzvah. Ve'ayah Kisavo el ha'aret asher Hashem elokecha nosein lecha nachala, ve'rishta ve'yashavta ba'a, 
אשר טובים מארצך, אשר השם אלוקיך נושאים לאח, ושמת ותנה, והלכת אל המקום אשר יבחר השם אלוקיך לשכן שמו שם. Now the unique thing about this parsha, I'm a grammar person so I look at the grammar, and I indicated this on the sheet, is that there are no time elements in this mitzvah. If you look at the mitzvah, you would think about when is mitzvah's bikurim supposed to be supposed to be accomplished? When is he supposed to do bikurim? La lacha. When is he supposed to bring bikurim? When he ideally is he supposed to bring bikurim? Ideally, ideally being shvuos and sukkah, so there should be some mention of shvuos. There is no mention of any time here. In the con- con- on, on the contrary, if you look at the at the at the parsha, it begins with kisavoil haaretz. You will come to the land. Then immediately virishta, you will inherit it. Vyashavtaba, you will dwell in it. Vilakachta, you will take. The next, the next vesamta vatene, you will place it in the basket, and then you will come to the kohen. There's sort of a direct continuum from the entry into the land, kisavoil haaretz, to vilakachta vmerishis kopriyadama. You enter the land, you settle the land, you take it, and you immediately bring the bikurim. What's missing here? Why do we bring bikurim at Shavuos? Why don't we bring Bikurim at Chanukah or at Purim? What's the logical connection between Shavuos and Bikurim? It's the time, it's the first harvest, that's right. There's no, what is absent in the Parsha here that we would perhaps expect, that would, that would suggest that we have some time elements? No mention of what months? No mention of months. And what else is there no mention of? The harvest. The har- the har- well, not even the harvest, the planting. There's no mention of the planting. It's you come into the land and immediately you take the first fruits and you bring them to uh, to the makom ashe b'chayar shev lakecha l'shaken shmosham. You bring them to the uh, to the basic. So that the parsha is focused particularly on the idea of bringing to the base of mikdash, coming in, the bringing to the base of mikdash as a direct result of coming into the land. It's not that you bring the that you come into the land, you harvest, and then you bring bikurim. Rather, it's you come into the land and immediately you bring Bikurim. Now, we all know that you have to harvest. Fashtetzach, you have to harvest. That's not the, the point. The point is that the Parsha is emphasizing the connection between coming into the land and bringing Bikurim. The Parsha does not phrase this as something that should be done davka at shvus, davka at the harvest. The Parsha phrases this as something that has to be done immediately kibyachol upon entering the land and settling it. Why does the Parsha do this? This is one of the questions that I think we have to address in order to understand the pshat of this parsha. Let's look for a moment at the psukim that we all know, the psukim hey through tet, which are the mikra bikurim, what the person says when they bring the bikurim. What is the overall thrust of those psukim? Pasuk hey through pasuk tet, we say this every year at the Seder. What What does it start with, what does it end with, and what is the point here? ask you to look at Tzukim Hei through Tess. You have them in Chumash, you have them on the, I, I put them in slightly different font on the uh, handouts. What is the point of Mikubikuri? It starts with Aramio Vedavi, and what does it end with? I'm sorry, Vayvienu el Makomazer. Right, so it starts off with Aramio Vedavi. My father had no land. Either my father is Avra, my father is Yaakov. Who the father is here is, is, is in dispute among the Mepharshim. But my father had no land. He was an Arami. He was wandering around. And he was Metemaat. He had very few people. And we're now many. He gave us a land that is, that is flowing with milk and honey. So 
the declaration of Bikurim is a declaration of rags to riches. Once upon a time I was landless and poor, now I am, I am land full and wealthy. And this idea is expressed in the Ramban on these psukim. If you look at the uh, second side of the handout, number four, I'm a little out of order, you'll see how the Ramban defines the mitzvah. Higati ayom, bapri hazeh, see number four of the Ramban, bapri hazeh sheheveti, higati vihodeti l'ashem elokecha, sheheviani la'aret asher nishba l'avotenu l'atet lanu. So what am I doing with bring, in bringing Bikurim? I am declaring, but not only declaring, I am thanking God for having brought us to the land that he swore to our ancestors to give to us. The act of Bikurim is an act of gratitude. It's an act of acknowledging that God did the bringing of us into the land. And in return, I am giving him what is actually his. I am giving him of the fruits that he has given me. I acknowledge his lordship and, and, and his rule in giving us the land. The, ro- the mitzvah of Bikurim is an acknowledgement that it is God who gave us the land and that we didn't get it, get it through our own efforts. And it goes on. Vin, the second line in the Ramban. V'nei Hashem mekayem devarav. God fulfills His words. V'ani modei I am thanking and praising His name. Now, that helps understand why there's no mention of the planting or of the harvesting because the point of Bikurim is not to say I produced and I am giving. The point of Bikurim is to say, you have given us the land, and therefore we give back to you some portion of its produce. The point of Bikurim, as the Rabban phrases it, is to acknowledge that it is God who has given us the land, He is the master, and therefore we give Him a portion of the land. This, of course, correlates to Parshas Behar. Where do we see a similar idea in Shemitah? The idea that He owns the land, and therefore we have to give Him some portion of it. Think of Shemitah. So can we just read... We see that in, uh, and also, Kigerim Vetoshavim Atemimadi. You are people who dwell on the land, but the land fundamentally is God's. Here, that idea is expressed in terms of the harvest. It's not the division of the land, like in, like in Shemitah. Here, it's the actual harvest. We bring him back that which he gave to us. And um, the Ramban goes on that the point of the story, the point of telling that you, you brought us into the land, is to acknowledge um, that he is the land giver. Now, this helps explain why the Parsha really doesn't mention anything about time. Because the Parsha is describing an idealized form of how the Jews enter the land. The Jews enter the land, immediately settle it, somehow produces produce, and then immediately they bring um, produce to the base of Mikdash as Bikurim. Why is it so important that they do that? What does the mitzvah of Bikurim indicate? It indicates, as the Ramban said, that they acknowledge that God gave them the land. Now, why is it so important that the Jews acknowledge that God gave them the land? Why is that so critical? What other svara could they have? Ah, so the issue of kochi yadi, I, I myself got the land as Dvarim presents. Or a more sophisticated discussion in Hosea, where Hosea coming four or five hundred years after Am Yisrael has entered the land. Hosea speaks about what events have happened to Am Yisrael during the period of the 500 years they've been in the land. For Hosea's description, immediately upon entering the land, Am Yisrael engaged in two cardinal sins. First of all, 
they attribute the giving of the land not to God but to Baal. They begin to worship Baal, and they see Baal as the the Avodazara Baal as the one who gave them the land. And second of all, they begin to make alliances with other kingdoms and acknowledge the overlordship of other kingdoms. By acknowledging the overlordship of other kingdoms, they diminish the role of God as their king. And Hosea says, um, in he speaks about Va'ashur hu Malko. They recognize Ashur as their king, when in fact they should recognize God as their king. So the two prime sins that Am Yisrael has committed in the view of Hosea is one, to acknowledge other kingdoms as superior to God, and second of all, to acknowledge Avodazara as the land giver. And so Am Yisrael has not fulfilled the idealized entry into the land that is described in Parshas Bikur. If you read Hosea Perak Bet, which is the Haftarah that, we're going to, that we would read for Parshas Bamidbar, you'll see in Hosea Perak Bet that he describes a new entry of Am Yisrael into the land. Essentially, Am Yisrael should have entered Eretz Israel, should have come into the land, quickly produced fruit, come to the base of Mikdash every year and say, I acknowledge that God gave us this land. That was not what Am Yisrael did. Am Yisrael entered the land, began to become Baal worshippers, began to acknowledge other nations' sovereignty, did not recognize God's role in uh, giving them the land. As a result of that, Hosea predicts a necessary correction in Hosea Perak Bet. Hosea Perak Bet is about a nivuah which combines pur anut and nechama. That was the, the standard question that you ask kids on a Navi final, is this pur anut or nechama? Is this a bad nivuah or a good nivuah? Hosea Perak Bet is both. It's a bad nivuah and a good nivuah. And if you look at it carefully, you'll see that what it really is, is based on Parshas Bikurim, and a recreation of how of, of the entry of the Jews into the land. They've entered the land, they failed to do what they should have done, they failed to acknowledge God as the land giver, and now Hosea Perak Bed is what is going to happen in the future to fix this terrible mistake of Am Yisrael. So let's look at Hosea Perak Bet. And it begins, again, Hosea is living in the time of Malchus Yisrael, approximately 750 BCE, in other words, uh, about 100 years after Eliyahu. He's living in the time um, when Machut Yisrael, the northern kingdom, is being destroyed. The ten tribes are being sent into exile. And this Nebuah said, said somewhat before that time. Vehaya, mispar b'nei Yisrael kechol hayam asher lo yimad velo yisafer. So the number of the Jews will become like the sand on the sea, which will not be countable and will not be measurable. Now, of course, this, that first phrase, that a number of the Jews will be so numerous, is going back to what earlier uh, prophecy that we, that we know? Avram. It's going back to Avram. I'm certainly predicting the idea of going back to Avram, but it also has a connection to Parshas Bikurim, because Parshas Bikurim starts, speaks about how the Jews started off as Bimtei Ma'at, Vahisham Legoi Gadol Varav. The idea of the, the, the increase in the number of the Jews is also mentioned in Parshas Bikurim. We'll see there are many other men, references to Parshas Bikurim in this Navi passage. Before you go further, I hope yeah. that I won't screw up, but I mean, there's got to be a connection between Akhtaira and Parshas Bikurim. Achinami. I mean, I mean, like, that's right. That's right. Parshas Bikurim, Achinami. One obvious connection is in this Pasuk. Mitzvah B'nai Yisrael. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. And that, that's one that's one connection. 
Um, there are certainly other connections that I'm not going to, there are certainly other connections. I'm not going to go into them in detail. Um, one connection is the idea of, of the love of the Jews, or the love that God has for the Jews, which we'll see at the end of the, the Maftir. But I want to focus on, it's, it, I think it's also not incidental that it's before Shavuos. But it's tr- there are certainly, the strongest connection is the Mispar. But there are others, and, we're gonna, and I'll briefly speak about them at the end. Let's look now at the continuation of Pasuk Aleph. Instead of being called not the nation of God, they'll be called the sons of a living God. This phrase, B'nai El Chai, is key in Hosea, the sons of a living God. It refers to a direct relationship with a living God, with a God who reacts to Am Yisrael. The Jews do an action, God reacts to them. It is not a relationship that's um, distant and that is... Um, sort of far and away above Am Yisrael, it's a relationship which is directly involved with the people. If you look at Pasuk Beis, we see something very fascinating. Pasuk Aleph spoke about the return to the time of Avram. To whom are we, to, to which time are we, we returning in Pasuk Beis? V'nikbetsu b'nei Yehuda v'nei Yisrael yachdav, v'samu lahem rosh echad ve'alu min ha'aretz. So what is v'nikbetsu b'nei Yehuda v'nei Yisrael yachdav, v'samu lahem rosh echad? They gather together and they place a, a, one leader of, on top of them. What is this reversing? The split of the kingdom. It's even more than that. It's reversing the whole idea of kingship because what is the king here called? What is the leader called? Rosh. Rosh is a term we find in Shoftim for the leader of the Jews. It's not a term we find in Sefer Shmuel and Malachim. We're going back to a time before there was a Melech. They're going back to a Rosh, a one leader of all the Jews. Where are they going with this leader? Ve'alu min ha'aretz. What does ve'alu min ha'aretz mean, literally? Where have we seen this passage before? You know it. Ve'alu min ha'aretz. Hoshaya knows Chomesh. Where's it from? By Paro. That's right. It appears in Parshat Shmos. Ve'alu min ha'aretz means they will leave the land. Here too, ve'alu min ha'aretz, pshat, they will leave the land. They appoint themselves a leader, they gather together, and they leave the land. Why are they leaving the land? But it's, so it's a nevoaz nechamar nevoaz puranut. If it talks about galus, it must be puranut. No, because it's a corrective galus. That's right. It's a description of the, of the people ceremonially gathering together and leaving the land in order to re-enter it. And you'll see why. It's a galus, but he develops the idea. You have to follow, follow through. It's a good, it's a, it's a good model. The, I want to look at, closely at the last four psukim of Pasuk Beis. Last four words of Pasuk Beis, excuse me. Ki gadol yom Yisrael. So how would you translate yom Yisrael? Day of Yisrael. What does it mean in Tanakh when you have the name, the day of something followed by a name of a place? What is yom Yisrael in Tanakh? What is yom Midian? So th- think, what is... No, it's the opposite. What is Zechor Hashem Livnei Edom Es Yom Yerushalayim Haomrim Aru Aru Hada Yesod Ba It's in Amar Ozbavel Yom Yerushalayim is the day of the destruction of Yerushalayim Yom Yisrael is the day of the destruction of Yisrael Now here we're getting to a somewhat more complicated thing What is Yisrael in Hosea? Let me just briefly note It's one of the three kids, that's right But what is its original connotation? It refers to a city and a valley The city of Yisrael served for many years, and I'm saying this on the basis of archaeology, the city of Israel, but it also fits into the Pesukim if you read them carefully, 
the city of Israel served for many years as the military headquarters of Malchus Yisrael. So Yom Yisrael is the day of the destruction of the military headquarters of Malchus Yisrael. On that day, they gather together, they appoint a new king, and they leave the land. Why are they leaving the land? That is dealt with in the next uh, ten psukim of Hosea. Let's go through them and keep in mind the question, why are they leaving the land? They have, they're destroying their military forces, they're united together, and they're leaving the land. So there's the uniting together, which is positive. There's the destruction of military forces, which we think is negative. Leaving the land appears to be negative. What's going on? So again, the reversal of the names of Hosea's children. Say to your brothers, you are my people. Say to your sisters, you are beloved. Create some connection between you and your members of your nation. Pasuk is very difficult. Rivu bi'imchem rivu kihi lo yishti v'anochi lo yisha v'taseres nunea mi panea v'nafufea mi ben shadea. Just comment on two ideas in this pasuk: the idea of nunea and nafufea, referring to a woman who is disloyal to her husband. Hosea consistently used that image: who is the woman, who is the husband? Of course, he has his personal experiences or his personal nevuah. But what is the woman and what is the husband? The woman is Am Yisrael. The husband is God. Am Yisrael has been disloyal to God. And now it is God who is now treating Am Yisrael as a, as a in, to Galus in order to correct her behavior. Okay. I will make Am Yisrael naked. What is the advantage of making Am Yisrael naked? We'll see in a moment. He raises questions before he gives you the answer. I will make Am Yisrael, I will take Am Yisrael out to the desert, God says. I will make her naked. I will make her like a desert. Pasuk Zayin, he begins to discuss why. Ki zanesa imam hovisha horasam. The mother, who is the representative of Am Yisrael here, has acted as a, as a harlot. Why? And here Pasuk Zayin makes it clear. Ki amra elcha acharei me'ahavai. Nosenei lachmi umeimai tzameri ufishti shamni vishikuyai. The woman, Am Yisrael, says, I will go after those who loved me. Who are those who loved me? In other words, not my husband, but other lovers. And she attributes to them that they gave her my bread, my water, my wool, my linen, my oil, and my drink. In other words, to whom does she attribute all the goodness that comes out of Eretz Yisrael? Who gave her all these things? Who gave Am Yisrael all the good agricultural produce of Eretz Yisrael? In fact, but who, to whom does Am Yisrael attribute them in, in this pasuk? I will give, go after the, my, my lovers who gave me all this, this agricultural produce. The, the, that's right. The lovers are not Hashem. The, Hashem is my husband. The, the lovers are Mahavai. The Mahavim here are the um, idols that, uh, that Am Yisrael has worshipped through the period of their desert, through the period of entry into the land. And so the sin of Am Yisrael is going after these lovers. And what is God going to do? God will block the road of Am Yisrael going to the lovers by placing roadblocks on the roads involving thorns, gedera are, um, are fences, 
and the ways which she will not find. She will not be able to find the way towards her lovers. She will run after her lovers. She won't be able to find them. God will stop her from running after her lovers, from running after the Avodah Zarah. And then what will Am Yisrael say at the end of Pasuk Tes? I will go back to my original husband, who is? So in other words, God is forcing Am Yisrael to go after her original husband, her, her, um, uh, forcing to go after God. Yet that's not enough. It's not enough to force Am Yisrael to go after God. Because if you look at Pasuk Yud, Am Yisrael has not recognized that God gave Am Yisrael what? If you look at Pasuk Yud, he lo yadaki anochi nasati la what? Dagan v'sirosh v'yitzar. I don't that she didn't know that I gave her um, wheat, oil, and uh, wheat, wine, and oil. The representatives of the Shivas Aminim. She doesn't recognize that God gave her these things, and therefore she makes altars to Baal. And Pasuk Yudav, God is taking away everything. God is taking away all the wealth. God is removing the wealth. God is removing the clothing. God is destroying the land. God is remembering that Am Yisrael once worshipped Baal. And then God is taking Am Yisrael out of the land and taking away all of the things that he gave her, which she attributes to Baal. Pasuk Tezayin begins the return. So if we see a Puranus, a destruction, Psukim Hey through Tesvav, that destruction begins to be reversed in Pasuk Tazai. I will speak nicely to her. It's almost, I will, it literally means to seduce. God says, I will seduce her. I will take her to the desert. I will speak to her heart. And in the desert, I will give her her vineyards from there. And I will make Emek Achor into Fetach Tikva. What is Emek Achor? You have to know Yosef or Yoshua. What does Emek Achor represent? Uh, it's the, well, the first sin of Am Yisrael when they entered Eretz Yisrael. The first time that they refused to obey God was when Achan took from the Shalal at Yericho and he was punished in Emek Achor. So that place of Emek Achor, which is the ugliness of the first entry of Am Yisrael into the land, Emek Achor will become a Pesach Tikva. Emek Achor will become an opening of hope. Ve'anesa shama kimei Where do you see ve'anesa in Parshas Bikurim? Lashonav, you will declare, and she will declare there like she did on the day that she left Mitzrayim. What will she declare? She will declare that God is Ishi, that God is my husband. She will acknowledge that it is God who has given her all the all the all the produce. Pasuk Yutches, Pasuk Yutches, Vasirosi es Shmos Habealim Mipiha. I will remove the names of the Baalim from her mouth. Veloyizachru od Bishmam. She will no longer be able to acknowledge the Baal. Then Pasuk Kaf, Vecharati lahem Bris Bayomahu and Chayas Hasadevim Ofa Shemayim Veremes Adama. God will destroy um, the. God will make a breeze which will prevent the animals from attacking the Jews, will prevent war from coming into the nation of the Jews. In other words, why are the Jews no longer have a military force? Because they no longer will have wars. Pasukah is the destruction of wars. Vishkavtim Labetach. Where do we have Vishkavtim Labetach? Should resonate. Where do we see? In Bechokosai. Right. So Hoshea is using the Lashon of Bechokosai. Lashon of I will cause you to dwell securely. And then the Parsha ends with two psukim that we know. There are stichli leolam. There are stichli betzerek of mishpat uvechesed uvrachamim. 
The relationship of Am Yisrael with God is being recreated, a relationship of love, which begins with values, the values of Tzedek, Mishpat, Chesed, and Rachamim, rather than a relationship based on money. So that Am Yisrael will have, will, as a result of this exile from the land, the destruction of all their wealth, the prevention of them going to the Abad and then the return to the land from the desert, Am Yisrael will now have a relationship based on Tzedek, Mishpat, Chesed, Rachamim, a relationship of Erusin, relationship of engagement with God. But God does not stop there. He continues in Sukim Kaf Gimel to Kaf Hey to go back to that phrase Ene, that phrase we, we saw that when Am Yisrael comes back from the exile, they do the action of Ve'anasa, they do the action of declaration. Pasuk Kaf Gimel is God using that same lotion of Ene, Am Yisrael Ve'anisa or Ve'ansa. Pasuk Kaf Gimel, God doing that action. And what is God doing here? He is causing the la- the sky to produce something for the land. In other words, it's causing the sky to bring down rain. Pasukav Gimel. And I understand here to mean I will cause to produce. I will cause the sky to produce. The sky will cause the land to produce. The land will produce grain, wine, oil. They will cause Israel to produce. And then I will plant her in the land. I will love that one which is not loved. I will say to Lo Ami, you are my nation. And then Am Yisrael will say to God, Elokai. Am Yisrael will say to God, you are my God. The idea of the concluding pasuk, the concluding um, reversal, of you will say my God, is exactly in Parshas Bikurim. Parshas Bikurim is, I, as the Ramban phrased it, that I acknowledge that you have given me to the land. You have given me the land. The end of Hosea Perak Bet is Am Yisrael acknowledges that God has produ- all this agricultural plenty that God has produced by causing the sky to produce re- rain, the land to produce fruits, all this plenty which is planted in the land. All of this, Am Yisrael says, Elokai. It is my God who has given me all of this. And so what Hosea Perak Bet represents is a first an exile, but after the exile, a ceremonial return of Am Yisrael from the desert to the land through going over the steps that they went through in the very first place. Was Am Yisrael went out of the land in Tsukim, Hey through Tezvav. Pasuk Tezayin is the return to the land. It's the return to the land exactly through the path that you took in the first place. Through Emek Achor. You have to go through the valley that, that you destroyed, that you where you caused the sin the first time, that valley will become a valley of hope. They will declare, like they should have declared when they left Egypt, Baalim are gone. The promises of um, Parshas Behar B'chukosai are fulfilled. And then this engagement to God with values, com- culminating with God causing the land to produce, and Am Yisrael saying, Elokai. Yisrael, at the end of the Perek, is no longer the the military headquarters, rather Israel is this lush, fruitful valley which produces all kinds of wonderful um, fruits and vegetables, and Am Yisrael acknowledges that God is the one who provided this. What, 
So uh, look at the psukim. So I'll turn the question around. Look at the psukim. What causes the turnaround in the psukim? There, there's more than one point. There's more than one piece. Answer this question. But what are the points that cause this turnaround in the psukim? Right. So the first thing is psukim ches te, uh, za, uh, yeah ches finally pasuk ches where he, where he takes away all it takes away the the path to the baal. But that isn't enough because after God takes away the path to baal. You get Pasuk Yud, Am Yisrael says, okay, I'll go back to my first husband, Pasuk Tes, but in Pasuk Yud they still don't know that God is the one who really gave them all this, all this plenty. Where does Am Yisrael actually know God? What causes Am Yisrael to say, I will now know God, I will acknowledge that he is my, he's the one who gives us the land? What, what causes that reversal? Look in the Pasukim, it's somewhere between Pasuk Yud and the end. Hashem takes everything back. That certainly starts. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But there's something even more strong than that. The people have to wait. Right. That's right. Okay. So the people first reaction, first positive action of the people is in pasuk yud zayin, shama. What action of God immediately precedes shama? The two key phrases here are mefateha v'dibarti alibah. Now, if you know, if you think about where these phrases, these phrases usually appear in, in, in not very pleasant context. These phrases appear in in the in, in Vayishlach with Shechem. Shechem is mefateh and v'dibar alav ha'neara. He speaks to the he, he he encourages the girl to go with him. Maybe she really shouldn't be. And that is exactly what God is doing here. God is sort of speaking to Am Yisrael in a way that encourages Am Yisrael to go after him. God is seducing Am Yisrael and asking Am Yisrael to go with him into the desert. And it's this, this loving talk of God that causes the reaction of Am Yisrael um, So fundamentally it is God's enduring love for Am Yisrael despite all the uh, ingratitude that Am Yisrael has displayed that causes Am Yisrael to return to God. It's the mifateha, the dibarti aliba in pasuk tezayin that causes the turnaround, which begins with ve'anasah shama and the ceremonial re-entry into the land, where all the land produces this engagement, and then, fun, and then culminating with what almost seems like a marriage in pasuk kafei, uh, I will plant her in the land, and she will say, "My God." So, okay, so there's, there's different ways to, to, to answer that question. Uh, but I think that there's, you can know something without knowing something. In other words, you can intellectually know it without internalizing it. Um, the idea of the Yadat et Hashem in Navi is to really internalize the sovereignty of God and his role in, in providing. So it's, it's a question of internalizing. Yes, did Am, Yisrael, did Am Yisrael know that God provided? They had, I mean, in terms of what Hosea describes, people have a vague idea of the idea of God as their God. But in order to ensure that the that the that the grain will grow this this win, this uh, winter, um, Am Yisrael might have the idea that it's a good idea also to offer something to Baal because you may as well um, cover all your bases. Who knows who's going to give you things? 
So that's not Yadat Tashem. Yadat Tashem is the place for full reliance on God to acknowledge his, his, his uh, giving of the land and to see the giving of the land as attributable solely to him. And abandon, was the, the syncretism of Baal plus God doesn't work. And that's a very hard thing to do. I want to just close with um, looking at some of the Mishnayos about Bikurim and looking about how these Mishnayos of Bikurim try to recreate exactly what Hoshea is describing here. The Mishnayos of Bikurim recreate the entry of Am Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael. Um, I brought down a number two some of the uh, Mishnayos uh, from uh, uh, Bikurim. And it talks about, it's not a, uh, Bikurim is not brought as an individual act. It's not the individual comes to the base of Mikdash and brings the Bikurim and leaves. And you sort of take your different time slots. Ketzad ma'alim as a Bikurim. Kol ha'ayaros shebema'amad miskanasos le'ir shel ma'amad ve'lanim berchobah shel ir ve'lo ha'yiruch nesim lebatim ve'lamashkim ha'yah ha'memuneh omer the people all gather together in some central city. They sleep outside. They don't go into the houses. And then in the morning, as the sun breaks, someone gets up and says, and they begin this procession. Why sleeping outside? What's it trying to evoke, sleeping outside? The Midbar. It's the recreation of the Midbar, coming up to... Uh, up to up up to Eretz Israel from the Midbar, um, and then if you look at the uh, discussion in the in the Ushami at the bar that I just brought down in the sort of moved over margin, you have there several mizmorim that they would say. It's his recreation of 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 the. Uh, it's, it's really an, it, it's a a a, proces- a singing procession which in some ways corresponds to Hoshea's description of Am Yisrael acknowledging God as they're coming into the land. And if you look at Mishnah Gimel, you'll see Mishnah Gimel, this idea of singing is there, because what are they doing as they're going? So, Right, they're, they're singing with Khalilim as they, as they reach the Beit HaMikdash. Ad shemagi'im karov liyushalayim. As they're coming close to Yerushalayim, they sing, they're, they're proceeding with Khalilim. And if you look at Mishnah Dalet, ha-chalil makelif nehem ad shemagi'im laharabais. So the Khalil, the Khalil continues with them till they reach Harabais. Now, I want to point out one other source. If you look at source number three, which is the um, Gemara Tanis, um, it's Gmaratanis which talks about the concept of Ma'amados. What are Ma'amados? Ma'amados are the representatives of Am Yisrael which stand in the base of Mikdash to be the representatives, or which stand in the various cities to be representatives of the um, of Am Yisrael on the Korbanos. Now it talks about as the Ma'amados are going up, there are also, uh, there are also Mishmaros, groups of Kohanim and Levim who serve in the base of Mikdash on a weekly cycle basis. Where do the Mishmaros of the Kohanim and Levim gather? So, Esrim Ve'arba Mishmaros. You look at the end of this, of this Gemara. Third three lines from the end. Tana Rabbanan, Esrim Ve'arba Mishmaros Be'eret Yisrael, Ushtem Esrei Bi'ericho. Why Shtem Esrei Bi'ericho? Ela, Shtem Esrei Bi'ericho, Higiazman Mishmar La'alos, Chatziya Mishmar Haya Olem Mi'eret Yisrael Yerushalayim, Chatzi Mishmar Haya Olem Mi'ericho, Kedei Shasabkumayim Azon Lachem Shabi'erushalayim. So, there's a reason why 
the 12 Mishmaros have to stay in Yericho. But what is the symbolism of Yericho? Sorry? It's the, it, the Yericho is the entry path into Eretz Yisrael, through which the Am Yisrael entered in the very first place. So that even in the action of Mishmaros, which is directly connected to Bikurim, as we saw, even in the action of Mishmaros, there is this idea of recreating the entry of Am Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael. To summarize, one, Parshas Bikurim occupies a central place in Sefer Dvarim. It closes the Sefer in terms of the central halachic uh, group from Re'eh to Kisavo, and it indicates an idealized entry of Am Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael, entering the land and acknowledging God's role in giving it to Am Yisrael. That is fundamentally the function of Bikurim. Two, Hosea Navi feels the pain of Am Yisrael having come into the land and not acknowledged God, but acknowledged Baalim, and describes a nevoah which is both Puranut and Nechama. Am Yisrael is being forcibly exiled from the land, but is being returned to the land in great joy um, in a ceremonial procession in which they find, which culminates with Va'anis, with Shama, Am Yisrael acknowledging God and declaring Elokai. That um, passage from Hosea is appropriate for the week before Shavuot because of the role of declaring we acknowledge God as our master, which is a necessary precedent to Har Sinai. It is also appropriate because of the role of uh, the, the recreation of the mitzvah of Bikurim, which is again appropriate to Shavuot, and it connects the, to Sefer to Parshish Mamidbar because of the idea of numbering and the idea of God's love for the Jews being expressed in the desert, which of course correlates to the first Rashi on Bamidbar. Third of all, the Mishnayas of Bikurim describe a ceremonial recreation of the entry of Am Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael, going from the various places in the country all together in a mass procession, like they entered the land in the first place, coming from an outside encampment, processing all together to Yerushalayim and singing as they go. This corresponds to the idea of the Mishmaros, how the Mishmaros would proceed from Yericho to Yerushalayim, which corresponds to the idea we see in Hosea of Am Yisrael re-entering the land and acknowledging God's role in giving it.